Hey, this is Byron Bradford on Be Informed. Thank you very much for tuning in, checking out my podcast again called Be Informed, coming to you live with Byron Bradford. And today we're going to talk about identity politics. Uh, article I got from Mr. Jason Riley out of the Wall Street Journal. Uh, identity politics isn't the only way to appeal to minority voters. As a former candidate, uh, I feel like one of the, I'm not going to say what party, but one of the particular parties I, I ran with uh, for the position of county commissioner uh, what I noticed with them is they, they actually reached out to me to run for the seat. As I was running for another office, uh, pro, a state office, prior to that, they reached out to me and said, hey, would you consider running for a seat that we have over here? And, I, you know, of course, this was my first time getting into politics. And I said, you know what, let me, uh, let me take a look at it, do some, some research and investigate this a little more. And so I find that position quite appealing because I didn't even know it existed. And not only that, I think a lot of people don't know these positions and politics exist. So I'm going to jump right into it by this uh, opinionated piece by Mr. Uh, uh, Jason Raleigh with the Wall Street Journal. He goes, readers often ask why blacks vote in such high percentage of, uh, percentages for the Democratic Party while supporting issues like school choice and crime control that are more closely associated with Republicans. But this phenomenon is hardly limited to blacks. In California last year, Asian American voters have defeat a, a, ballot, a ballot referendum that would have rein, reinstated racial preferences in college admissions. Yet Asian Americans in California also voted overwhelmingly, overwhelmingly for Joe Biden and Kamala Harris, who vocally supported the ballot measure. The old political joke about the Jews who are nearly as loyal to Democrats as blacks have been is that they earn uh, like Episcopalians and vote like Puerto Ricans. This is a temptation to accuse people of voting against their rational interests, but, but who are we to determine what is rational for others? And I've totally seen that. I've been there, done that. I've actually explained to voters, hey, this is what they're trying to do with your tax dollars. And yet and still, people will still go out and vote against their own best interests, which, which for me is just insane. It's crazy. I couldn't understand it. It was very frustrating. And I was trying to pull my hair out. And if you know me, you know I don't have any hair. So it's very difficult to do. But anyway, <laughs> within these reli within, with, with, within these reliably uh, Democratic voting blocks, there have always been exceptions, of course. Religious Jews, for example, are more likely to, uh, to back Republicans. And black men vote Republican at higher rates than black women. Nor are these voting trends unshakable. As recently as the 1960s, Republicans enjoyed significant black support, and in the 1970s and 80s, the GOP performed as well as Asians in California. So-called Reagan Democrats, who were mostly white ethics, left the party and held power to the Gipper to a 49-state victory in 1984. That's when Ronald Reagan, Mr. Reagan, became president. The simplest explanation for why Republicans don't win more black voters is that the GOP rarely seek them out. Wow. That's interesting. I am, yeah, that, that's interesting. I'm going to dig deeper into this thing here. Republicans who can be bothered to the court this block, for, former mayors like Richard Riordan of Los Angeles, Stephen Goldsmith of Indianapolis, and former governors like Chris Christie of New Jersey have found that campaigning in black communities can pay dividends. Even if you don't win the vote outright, you win goodwill and make, make it more difficult for your opponent to paint you as an anti-black, which is how Democrats habitually describe the Republicans to, to draw attention away from liberalism, policy failures. Man, that is spot on. Uh, as a person, again, running for office, 
I totally understand this because when I tell people what I'm running for and what seat and, and what party, and, and the first thing come out of their mouth is, you running as what again? And they just don't understand it. And I have to explain to them, you know, where I fall at on certain issues and on what side of the fence I fall on. And it, this is, again, this totally uh, your my constitutional right to be where I want to be, how I want to be, as long as I'm not ethically or doing an ethical or immoral. You know, people can be what party they want to be in, whatever they feel. I think once people become educated, though, and once you become educated, I feel like it's harder to lie to people, and they're going to wake up one day and realize, man, you know what, I had it wrong. And that's okay because I once had it wrong, too. But as long as you recognize you got it wrong. Okay, back to the story. When Republican Governor Larry Hogan of Maryland ran for re-election in 2018, he won 28% of the black vote, which was double the amount he won four years earlier. This was all the this was all more all the more impressive because his opponent was not only black but also former head of the NAACP, and Democrats enjoyed a blue wave nationally that year. Mr. Hogan gains among blacks didn't come from making overt racial appeals. Instead, black supporters cited the governor's push for lower taxes and his decision to send federal troops to Baltimore during the 2015 riots. Apparently, identity politics isn't the only way to win votes for blacks who like safe neighborhoods and low taxes, just like a lot of other Americans. Everybody wants low taxes. You know, I understood. So this article is a great article. This history is not as forgotten or, or ignored by too many conservative commentators who maintain that Hispanics are forever lost to the Republican Party. The argument is that Latinos, those already here, and especially those who are trying to come, are naturally Democrats who can be counted on to vote against the GOP until kingdom come. I wouldn't bet on that. I wouldn't bet on that. Besides, can a party that, that has won the popular vote in only one presidential election since the end of the Cold War really afford to write off support for one of the country's largest and fastest growing minority groups? Of course not, ladies and gentlemen. The irony of that is, the irony is that recent news about Hispanic voting patterns has Democratic strategists panicking. According to the Catalyst, a politically progressive election data firm, Donald Trump's support among Hispanics increased by 8% between 2016 and 2020, as Democrats gave priority to the interests of the elites over those of the working class. In California, in California recall election this month, Democratic Governor Gavin Newsom held on, but his Hispanic support dipped. President Biden has watched his job approval rating among Hispanic voters in Texas fall even further than it has among voters nationally. None of this is consistent with the claims that Hispanic voters are demographically destined to pull over, to pull the lever for Democrats. People just assume because you're black, you're going to vote Democrat. That is not true. I think once blacks become informed and they understand what the true topic is, what the true issue is, and how some of these policies are failures, they're not helping you grow again, ladies and gentlemen. They're helping. They just, I feel like they, just, they got you in a, in a, in a they, they stifle your initiative. They stifle a lot of things. They stifle your growth. And we need to wake up and realize what people are really trying to do to you at this point in time. I recall conversations with any number of Democratic operatives in 2000 who openly acknowledged the Hispanic outreach by George W. Bush and his top strategist Carl Rove and Kyle Mailman. Matthew Dowd had caught them, caught them flat-footed. In 2004, exit polls showed Mr. Bush won at least 40% of the Hispanic vote nationally en route to the second term in states with larger Latino populations, including Texas, New Mexico, and Arizona. He won more than 40%. Democrats had forgotten that Hispanics are swing voters, and Republicans reminded them. 
Incidentally, the 2004 was also the last presidential election which the Republican candidate won the national popular vote. Draw your own conclusions. Republicans are justifiably outraged at the lawlessness on the border and the Biden administration's half-hearted effort to address it. Still, there's a difference between wanting politicians to enforce immigration laws and wanting them to seal off the border based on misguided fears that your party has nothing to offer the country's newest arrivals. Again, thank you for your time. This is Byron Bradford. You can catch this article uh, called Upward Mobility by uh, Jason Riley, the Wall Street Journal. The title of the article, again, is Identity Politics Isn't the Only Way to Appeal to Minority Voters. Again, as a, as a GOP person, uh, the GOP should realize that blacks and Hispanics, we want safe neighborhoods and low taxes, too. And we, are, we want the same thing. So don't just assume. And for Democrats that are African-American, do your research. Don't just vote like your great-great-grandparents and great-great-grandmother and fathers. Do your own research. Come up to your conclusion. Reach out to somebody. Find a campaign you can become a part of and see what the platform is. What's, what, what shocks me the most is some people don't even realize that you have something called a platform which are talking points with these parties, whether it's Green, Libertarian, Democrat, Republican, you know, or an independent. So you got five. So we have plenty of parties. People always say, well, why don't we create a third party? We have we have five parties and you can be an independent as well. So you have independent. Democrats, Republicans, Green parties, Libertarian parties. That's five. That's a handful of parties right there, four fingers and one thumb. We have plenty to choose from, ladies and gentlemen. The problem I feel is people are just not getting out to vote, which is just flat out lazy. I have no sympathy for them. And then they complain all day. But again, Texas, we got early voting for two weeks. There's not a voting issue in Texas. I promise you. We got two weeks to vote. All right. Two weeks of early voting. Then we have Election Day. Biden's home state of Maine, guess what? They got one day to vote. You got one election day. If you don't make it out there, you're screwed. So guess what? This is the person that's running our country right now. This is how he dictates. If you want to see, you, you want to see a totalitarian, we're looking at one, okay? That's the facts, ladies and gentlemen. Look at it. His state, he's been in office for 47 years. Now we know why. You're only allowed to vote one day in his state. Some people can't get that one day, but at least in Texas, guess what? You got two weeks of early voting, then you have the, then you got election day itself. So no, there's not a voting issue in Texas, ladies and gentlemen, I promise you. You got from 7 to 7 for two weeks, and then the day of voting, you got from 7 to 7. And then you're in line, they're not going to close the polls till you get there. So don't buy it, don't believe the hype about us not having enough time to vote in Texas. We have plenty, some of us just got to get our parties together. Again, thank you for your time. Please email me at byron.bradford37 at yahoo.com if you have something specifically you want me to talk about or you want to come on to the program. Thank you very much. Have a great day.